In the words of Ron Burgundy, boy, that escalated quickly. Two 5-1 wins for the Rangers in New Jersey, Molly. This is not what we expected when we said this would go six or seven. These games would be back and forth. It has been total domination for the Blue Shirts. Definitely. I don't think anybody really expected this strong of a start, but in watching the Rangers these past two games, this is kind of what we expected this team to look like the moment Patrick Kane got here. But obviously they're not going to be overexerting themselves during the regular season. They saved a little bit in the tank uh, for the start of the playoffs here, and they've gotten off to just about as good of a start as anybody could hope for. You know, I got tickets for game five. There might not be a game five the way this thing's going. It could be a sweep. We'll talk with Larry Brooks about how he sees the rest of the series playing out. It's all coming up next on a post-game two edition of Up in the Blue Seats from the New York Post. of the 4-1 lead. Heedle out in front. Kako scores! 5-1 Rangers. Welcome back to Up in the Blue Seats, our New York Rangers podcast from the New York Post. Those highlights you heard are courtesy of TBS as the New York Rangers defeat the New Jersey Devils 5-1. No, this is not a post-game one podcast, Molly Walker. This is post-game one and two. The same score, the same domination. Game two, a slower start than game one, but by God, the poor fans of New Jersey were ready for their first postseason trip in a while, and they're getting demolished. What's your uh, initial thoughts here? Games one and two. I'm just going to speak this stat into existence with no other context or, you know, thoughts and feelings just to put it out there for our dear Rangers fans listening. The last time the Rangers had two exact same scores back to back in games one and two at this sort of margin was 1994 when they beat the Islanders six to nothing in games one and two of the first round. And well, we all know what happened to that Rangers team at the end of the playoffs. So I think it's a very encouraging sign to see this Rangers team come out this strongly to start the playoffs. It wasn't just the score. It was the way that they built up the score, the way that they limited this high-scoring Devils team to a single goal in each game, one of which was a penalty shot. The Devils have not scored a five-on-five goal yet in these first two games. You really cannot ask for more from this Rangers team through the first two games. I think it's... I don't think anybody really expected it to start this way, but uh, it's just... it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of it goes if the rangers can keep this up uh, or if the devils have a little bit of fight left in them so we'll see what happens all right molly let's dive more into this series with our hall of famer new york post larry brooks at nyp underscore brooksy we got molly's initial thoughts larry 20251 wins surprise at all what'd you think surprised at their dominance yes surprised a little bit at how vulnerable the devils have been the first two games you know experience i don't know goaltending i think was you know probably uh more relevant uh, you know than a lack of experience but 
What, what I've been so impressed with the Rangers is just the way they played a complete game. You know, their their power play is their power play now is is dazzling. You know, they they are moving the puck, they are feeling it, and you know they have. It goes back to what they were saying during the season, what we were saying during the season, but didn't. But it never quite materialized um, at just how much firepower they have that Vlad Tarasenko is on the second unit that gets almost no ice time, you know. So, you know, their power play has just been humming. They're playing with authority. They're 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 playing. They're playing to their game plan. They honestly are. They're they're not turning the pucks over in the neutral zone. They're not giving New Jersey anything for free. Um, it's as it's as good as this Ranger team has looked all year. And and if if th- if they're peaking now, they're peaking at the right time. I feel like a, a good place to start is the two big name trade deadline acquisitions. Vladimir Tarasenko gets the Rangers on the board both games. Patrick Kane looked like vintage Patrick Kane in game two. Just your thoughts on the way those two have made their presence felt in these first two games here. Well, it was only a matter of time for Patrick Kane. <laughs> that's, that's what someone wrote. <laughs> um, As somebody on this show wrote recently. Uh, I think Patrick Kane was a little bit singed by, I, I think he was getting frustrated. And I think, and, and you know, he said he had had a talk with um, Gallant prior to game two where, where Gallant encouraged him to be more aggressive. And I think that's, you know, he 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 said to me the other day that it's, he hasn't been deferring, but he's but it's different uh, because in Chicago, he was just the guy who had the puck all the time. And now, you know, there are so many players, he said um, that, you know, they have their own go to guys. You know, he was the go to guy forever. Now there are like five go to guys or six go to guys on this team. But I think he always needed to be a little bit more assertive. And, and that's what he was in game two. I mean, he was. You know, he was electric. He was he was showtime on uh, on on Thursday night, whereas, you know, Tarasenko, I think a couple of days ago or maybe last night, I, I call him a, like a stealth bomber. He just it materializes out of nowhere. And, you know, he, you know, he plays, you know, he plays such an efficient game um, that, you know, you don't you know, he's not a flashy guy, but he's winning battles. He's in the right spot. And he's got that shot. Um, so the, the two of them. You know, they're they're, you know, different personalities They're different personalities on the ice. They have, you know, they have um, different assets. But right now, the Rangers are are getting the, the best out of both of them. I mean, Tarasenko pretty consistently. I think and I, and I think game two is 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 um, a harbinger of what of, of what we can expect. I don't know that, you know, Patrick Kane's going to put up three points every night. Probably not. But I think I think he will. Uh, I think there will be stretches where he dominates. I think that's such an interesting storyline for both guys. I mean, I know Patrick Kane had Jonathan Taves with him in Chicago, but you look at a guy like Tarasenko, who he was the guy. You know, he didn't have as great of his uh, of a supporting cast, and Kane had a little bit more of a supporting cast. But now these two guys, who were the number one guys on their respective teams in the West come to the Rangers and they're suddenly part of this complement of forwards that can all share the burden and all share the responsibility. And I think for a guy like Tarasenko, I think that's why he was able to seamlessly transition in so well, because the pressure must have been lifted off his shoulders. 
Yeah, no, I, I think that's that's a really good point. And I, and I think what we've seen is is two guys who are exemplary teammates. And, you know, you have to subjugate your ego, and it's easier said than done. Well, you know, you want to win. You, you know, it's 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 not the easiest thing to do, especially when you're coming from places where you were put on a pedestal, and now you're coming to New York, and it's a little bit different. You know, it's it's a it's a different lineup there are different adjustments but it's 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 a different city with a little bit different expectations marquee players don't always succeed when they come over and and certainly not immediately these two guys have just been perfect compliments even when when kane what you know was playing average hockey his his presence there never hurt them and and, and they just kept winning and the fact that they're set up the way they are allows Gallant to roll his lines, which he does. Uh, yeah, they're very, they're, you know, you've watched them from afar. Or I've watched them from afar for many, many, many years. And they're more impressive up close than they were from afar. I think with Kane, obviously this is not, we haven't seen vintage Patrick Kane this entire time he's been here, but even still a 2023, you know, hip laboring Patrick Kane is still a major upgrade to the Rangers top six than anybody else that they could have had in their rotation, you know? Yeah. And, and you know what, he, he came in with such high expectations. I don't, I don't remember a guy. I mean, you know, the, we talked about Yarmir Yager for a long time before the Rangers got him. He was just out there for, for a long time and was, you know, his, his his arrival here was delayed because Pittsburgh, out of spite, sent him to Washington instead of New York. There was a connection between the front offices, the Patricks, um, and they took a worse deal from Washington than they would have gotten in the Rangers. So, you know, Yager was a guy who, you know, we know there was a lot of talk about. Um, there had been talk about Gretzky for a while, you know, but we're, you know, we're going back decades now there was always talk about Lindros when when he was sitting out in Philly but again we're we're going back to the late 1990s and the early 2000s there hasn't been a player who was who had been projected to be a ranger for such a long time as Patrick Kane you know over the last year and a half so there was just an immense amount of anticipation all of the acrobatics the team went through to get him you know the, you know the, you know the the, the pain that endured playing. You know a couple of guys short, shorthanded, for, yeah. Well, it was to accommodate. It was to get Patrick Kane, and uh, so people have been a little bit um, anxious about it. But um, it's just you know it's just another weapon in their arsenal that they can throw out there now. And you know again, if, if you know. If Patrick Kane is one of a group, if Vlad Tarasenko is one of a group, then you've got a pretty good group. I think another underrated layer to this series that swung in the Rangers' favor is their controlled physicality against the Devils. And I use, I emphasize controlled because it hasn't been crazy. You know, I, I feel like we've seen teams come out in the playoffs and they're just throwing their body around and it's a little out of control. Even, even the Rangers last year. Right, right away in the in the first game against Pittsburgh, Ryan Reeves was was delivering big hits. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's definitely a much more controlled. It's it's intentional. You got guys like Vincent Trocheck, who I don't think his mouth is closed once in the first two games. Alexi Lafreniere has been a bit of a pest. 
Braden Schneider dropping the gloves last night. We've seen him that he can hold his own in those types of situations. But how vital has that been to the Rangers game uh, so far here? Well, I think that it allowed them to take over game two. I I, you know, I, I think, um, you know, the Devils came out, played pretty good first period in, in game two again. They get the goal. But early in the second period, the, you know, it was a four on four. And then, then the Rangers were uh, shorthanded for, um, I think, 48 seconds. And then right out, right off of that, they just started rolling. They had different combinations, a couple of different combinations because of the penalty kill in the four on four. And the first shift was with after they killed the penalty, they had Trocek between Lafreniere and um, Kako because Heedle had been up with, I think, uh, Kane and and, uh, uh, Panarin. And so, you know, they're rolling and that line, the Trocek line, just banged away and, you know, war checked. And, and that, that initiated a, like a, about a three minute stretch in which they just rolled their lines and they pinned the devils in and they, and they were taking one, you know, they were taking the body, winning battles, eliminating devils. I think that's where their, their superior physicality came in. And, and I, I agree. It's not, it's not for show. They're taking, you know, they're, they're taking bodies to win pucks. They're, they're, battles and when, when when they can get a a down low game going you know in addition to the you know to the open ice talent rush they have a rush game they have they're a very very difficult team to handle and that's that's what they were able to do last night um you know they, they've just been you know they they played two you know not perfect probably not near perfect i'm sure they can point to you know a number of, of areas where they want to improve they want to be a little bit tighter but you know, I mean, their checklist must be, you know, their, their boxes must be must be filled with checks right now. It just must be. And and I, I you know, what 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 um, what they just have to be careful of is is you know being a little bit overconfident now. And but but this is a real professional button down group. And, you know, again, we've talked about how it's really a veteran group now. It is experienced. You know, they had the one year, but it seems like it was like six years of experience. Uh, worth of experience for them. It seems like they, you know, they know what they can do. They know, they know what's needed to be done, and uh, they just need to dial in again Saturday night. And I think one of the interesting one of one of the switches in dynamics is that the Devils now, and it's true, they they will have no pressure on them whatsoever. You know, you know, they're basically. Down, you know, they're down, you know, they're they're almost counted out, although it's always a mistake to count teams out. But they have no, you know, they they have no vision. They don't have to worry about their fa- you know, playing in front of their fans. Whereas what the Rangers, I think, have to be careful of is not trying to put on a show because they're just stick to it, you know, stick to the program, be disciplined, manage the puck well, all those cliches. But just don't, you know, don't come out and start going east-west because you want to put on a show. And that's and that's something the Ranger teams of the um, you know, of the of the mid team of the, you know, the tens, you know, the they were guilty of that a, a lot of time in the in the playoffs. And that's that's kind of what held them back at times because they would play well on the road and then they'd come home and and they'd want to put on a show. Um, you know, you'd have Zuccarello and, and Brassard, you know, they'd want to put on a show and, and um, you know, or, or, you know, Nash and, and, and Stepan, you know, whatever, whatever it was. And, and uh, you know, so that's what the Rangers have to be careful of coming back home, just, just to stay the course, 
play their game, um, grind the Devils down. I, I, I imagine the Devils will switch goaltenders. Uh, Vanacek just hasn't been good enough, you know. And he, he just, you know, he, he just hasn't been good enough when they needed him. I think Schmid is the most talented goaltender. So I would, I would be surprised. I, I thought they, they really should have made the move for game two. But I get it. You know, you, you know, Vanek. Yeah, this is a guy that's backstopped them all season. Right, right. You don't want to disrespect him. But, but you know, in the playoffs, you know, you've got to move quickly. I think, you know, and you do. You balance. Gets those. late early. It's late early. Um, I know Luke Hughes only played a game or two. But, I don't you know, know if they're going to do that. <laughs> how, how, how poorly they've been on their power. I, you know, I, I think. You know, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the lineup Saturday. So there'll be a couple of changes. Again, the Devils now will say, well, everybody's counting us out, just like at the start of the season. You know, you, you know how, you know, how teams, you know, use you know, whatever they have, they, you know, they use. And this is going to be all, you know, nobody thinks we can win. But remember back in October. That's what know, Lindy Ruff said last night. Lindy Ruff explicitly said we talked about our start to the season, how they went 0-2 when all the fans were calling for Lindy's job, like it was, that was a low, low part point of the season. And then they went on and, and turned it on, turned on the jets and just went on this absolute tear as Jack Hughes called it. Right. So I, so, so, you know, they will be unencumbered um, Saturday and, and the Rangers will have, you know, we'll have, we'll have a little bit on them. People are expecting them to win. Um, it'll be a party, but they have to, you know, they have to be careful not to get caught up and, in the atmosphere, which I'm, I'm sure will be, uh, I'm sure will be wild Saturday night. Chris Kreider, the Rangers' longest tenured player and now all-time leading playoff scorer, one of my favorite articles and conversations that you've ever had with Chris Kreider, just talking about how he plays Moneyball now, and those two power play tip-in goals in Game Two were the definition of money ball. What are you seeing from Chris Kreider? I'm seeing I'm seeing the shots that went in last year where he scored 52, but didn't go in this year when he scored 36 going in. He has perfected it. He has is an art form around the net. He is as sharp on his game as I've seen. Um he's you know that power play is just confident. You know, it, it is just confident, you know, and the Devils just haven't done a good enough job either of, of marking him. <laughs> you know, honestly, he's he's kind of there. Um, I, I would I would I would expect a, a little a little bit better effort on on the Devils penalty kill on, on Saturday night. But, yeah, this is what Chris Chris does. I mean, Chris is a studious guy and, and he understands the uh, percentages um, that if you get to the right spot at the right time, the puck's going to go in X you know amount of times. Um, his 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 shooting percentage on the power play this year was was ludicrously low. You know, I mean, it, it was it was it was extremely high last year, but it was ludicrously low this year. I mean, you know, even going back to opening night against Tampa, he could have had five goals. He would have had five goals last year. He had one. So you know, but he stuck with it. He just stuck with it and stuck with it. He's a you know he's a, he's you know from from back in 2012, um, starting back in 2012, he's been a pretty good big game player. He's a real good ranger. I mean, he really is. He's, 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 you know, he's, he's becoming an all-time ranger. And of course, you know, credit to him for having, having the franchise record at, at 38 playoff goals now. But it also, 
that that 38 goals would be the leader for an original six team. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, we don't need yeah. to talk about that. Yeah, no, but, um, you know, because those, those guys just didn't play, you know, like you know, Jobert or Tal. They, they just didn't play as, as many playoff games as, as you needed. And, of course, you know, back there, there were two rounds um, and then three. And, and so, um, but, you know, Kreider... I, I didn't get over to him after the game last night until until his uh, you know scrum had ended, and I just chatted with him for a second about um, about their physicality and, and about how they took over the game. Um, so I didn't I didn't hear him talk about his goals, but I'm, I'm sure he deflected. I'm sure he deflected talk about his goals. I wouldn't, wouldn't talk. You know, talk. Chris Kreider's not talking about his goals in Game Two of the first round of the playoffs. He's not talking about his goals on Game One of the regular season either. <laughs> so right, you know, right now they have you know they have um, a weapon on, on another weapon on their power play who's looking. I'm curious from both of you, what was the atmosphere in the past? You know, Larry said, you said it was, you know, all Ranger fans. Was it 60, 40 devil, 70, 30? What was it like? 60, 40 sounds about right. I would say 60, 65. And then of course, when Rangers go ahead, it, it you know, the, then the, I mean, last night in the third period, it, it was, it was all, you know, you could have closed your eyes. You would have thought you were at the garden. It was, it was, as I had talked about, I think last week, it was, it was like 2000. Um, eight when when you know the Rangers went in there won all three won all three games of the Rock and and honestly it, it sounded like MSG West and and that's what it sounded like in the third period of of each of the first two games but last night game two even even more I and mean, you know last night the Ranger fans were partying <laughs> yeah Devils Devils fans have been heading for the exit yeah, the Devils uh, fans but early yeah they're great you know listen they you know. It's it's hard when your team is getting battered, you know, and being battered by the team across the river that you hate, you know. It's it's um, it, you know it's tough, but but um, but it was a it was a great atmosphere, um, not not because of the Ranger fans, because you know because of the Devils fans. I mean, the you know the Devils fans were hyped. They they you know they were loud. Um, they drowned out Ranger fans in the first period of both games. Um, but as as uh, you know, as 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 the fate was was being decided, you know, it was you know it was, it was like you were on the other side of the river. But it was it was terrific, and I and I expect it'll be. I expect there'll be Devils fans at, at the uh, Garden on um, Saturday. You know, they they travel. They actually travel pretty well, and and um, so it's been a terrific uh, atmosphere. Um, the games haven't been as competitive, but the Rangers are okay with that. When the Rangers do come home for Game Three, in your mind at least, does this see like does this series feel like it's over? Should be no. I mean, it, it it should be. I mean, you know, the the Rangers should. You know, the Rangers are in control, and the, you know, there's uh, it's on them to keep control. But you know, it, if they think it's over, then it won't be. But again, they're they're you know, they're an experienced group now. Yeah, they've been on both sides of two nothing series lead just, just and deficit and three one deficit just last season. So if anybody knows that it's not over, it's them. And I asked Truba last night if they're going to rely on that sort of playoff experience, and he agreed. You know, they've been on both sides of this equation before, so they know how quickly it can change. And I feel like that's going to going to help them a lot. I do. 
Yeah, I, I think so too. I think I think they'll apply their experience from last year. Remember, you know, when they lost the first two in Carolina last year, a lot of people thought it was it was yeah, hard. that was it. And you know, Carolina was total command, and um, they weren't. So you you things do change in a hurry. You know, they can they can change in a hurry in a hurry if you if you if you deviate. From from you know from your plan if if you get carried away if if you know if you're distracted but I don't I don't uh, listen the Devils may play a terrific game tomorrow night the goaltender may make you know 39 saves Jack Hughes may you know may may explode uh, Timo Meyer you know may put one in Palat it's it's not over but but the Rangers are in uh, you know are in are in position to hammer you know to, to just hammer away at them it's not over until john brancy sings it's true. <laughs> actually he'll be on the show soon actually jake <laughs> that's right i've got one more actually so in my mind at least the rangers uh, the series was supposed to be a relatively close one you know closer kind of more like the hurricanes and the islander series i feel like closer games but as of right now, the Rangers seem to be clicking. Is this the best that this team can possibly play, or do you see them possibly taking it up to another level? Because, I mean, five-to-one victories back-to-back nights against a very good Devils team, it seems like this is as elite as they can be, but is there another level? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there is another level, and there's going to have to be another level. You have to improve as the playoffs go on. You know, you're – your second round is going to be tougher than your first round. Your third round is going to be tougher than the second, and the finals are going to be tougher than that. So, um, this this um, I think this is the best we've seen from the Rangers so far. But it can't be it can't be their best. You know, more is going to be needed. Listen, they 1994. They you know they beat the Islanders six nothing six nothing. They swept in the first round, um, but they needed to elevate their game in order to get by. Um, New Jersey in in the uh, in the conference finals that year. You know their first round play wouldn't have been sufficient. They're going to be challenged more, and and they'll be challenged more. I think Saturday in Game Three, the Devils will, Devils are a proud group. Um, and again, they they didn't come up with where they have 112 points for nothing. You know they're they're a good team, and and you know they you know they they still have all of the assets that that we talked about before the series. Right now, and, you know. I'm, it's been tough for them, but I, you know, I don't think Jack Hughes is is going to go into a shell um, Saturday night, and the Rangers have to be prepared for that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think um, everybody has more to give, and it'll be required if if they're going to get through this. Larry Brooks, read his coverage of the New York Rangers in the New York Post and NYPost.com. Larry, we will talk to you after Game Four. Thanks. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. You know, it's a seven-game series. Go, go home and try to take care of business on home ice. All righty. Great stuff there from our New York Post mastermind, Larry Brooks. That wraps up episode 122 of Up in the Blue Seats, our Rangers podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Andrew Hartz for helping me produce the show. And make sure you watch the show on the New York Post Sports YouTube page. Find that playlist and give us a thumbs up. Comment below. What are you thinking about the Rangers right now? Is this going to be over in four, five, six? Are we going to have a Rangers in four meme like the Suns in four guy coming up? Let us know how many games you think this goes or do the Rangers find a way to blow this in the Devils? Let's not even utter those words into the atmosphere right now. Make sure you subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Follow Molly on Twitter at Molly Walker. That's two E's, two R's and follow me 
at Jake Brown Radio. Molly, uh, you know, unfortunately, on the other side of town, the Islanders are down 2-0, and your, your dream local uh, runaround could be over pretty quickly, and you might be making friends with the people in Raleigh again. Yeah, it's uh, not going too well for the other tri-state team, um, but, you know, that's just kind of how the playoffs go. But, you know, we could go to Raleigh. There's the boxcar arcade, you know. I'll, I'll hit that, and I'll be happy, so it'll be fine. Yeah, you, you need, like, your baby picture on the wall there at the boxcar arcade. The amount of times you've been going to Raleigh each year for playoffs, regular season, uh, both teams. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. Well, we'll be back on Tuesday after game four, maybe it's the end of the series. So I've talked with John Brancy, the national anthem singer, a.k.a. my better looking doppelganger. And uh, he is down to come on the show. So at some point during this postseason run, we will uh, hear from the fine tunes of our favorite opera singer, John Brancy. And we'll be back on Tuesday. So thanks, everybody, for listening to Up in the Blue Seats. And we'll talk to you after game four.